Don't tell us what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Sounds like the start of a party, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Worldwide. Uh, Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And it's show number 338. We're going to get fancy today. With Kavassier, I think that's really a big number. That's next to a thousand. That's almost as many years as Kavassier has been open. It's so. halfway to four hundred. We know that. So, <laughs> at least. so, so we're, we're we're good I with that. The math. Uh, our guest today is Michael Fothrop. Uh, Michael is the brand ambassador for Kavassier, which you know my question every time we have a brand ambassador on for a spirit is. How'd you get this job? Like, and why do you have one? And why, and why don't I have that job? I could do it. Come on now. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that. We'll do a little bit mm-hmm. of tasting. We will uh, taste some beers as well on today's program uh, from Blanco, Texas, and Real Ale Brewing, a beer that Ian actually handed me uh, a number of weeks ago. We just haven't gotten to it until this week. It's their Hill Country Buck. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited about tasting that. Uh, also from Matchless Brewing in Tumwater, Washington, uh, we'll be trying their Rainbow Jet Plane Hazy IPA. I've never even heard yeah. of that. Well, Tumwater's got some great uh, evergreens, too, yeah, by the way, yeah. if you ever check it out. And from Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, and Gigantic Brewing Company. And we've had some Gigantic's yes. uh, darker beers on the show before. Today we'll be doing one called Massive. It's a barrel-aged barley wine. Uh, Ooh. I love it already. <laughs> yeah, My sorry. ancestors are excited for me. Yep, you had yep. me at barley wine. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll uh, also be uh, trying some expressions from Kabasier, and we'll be doing all the regular stuff we do we'll tell you about some cigars to watch for oh and we'll bring you a little thing we like to call drinking news Uh, here's our uh, drinking news teaser headline wait you want to give me an injection where I brought the good stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll get to that as the uh, as the program uh, continues. Uh, plus, um, they're building a new uh, Monte Cristo cigar bar in uh, Paris, Las Vegas, which I'm oh. really excited about. So we'll tell you a little bit about that. We have the winners of the 2023 World Beer Cup. If we have time, we can go through some of those uh, some of those things. And so it uh, it should be another one of those. Shows where we do a little drinking. Today's show and is action-packed. A little drinking, a little talking. So uh, that's what that's what we're all about. 338 episodes in, and we have not yet changed the formula. <laughs> that's right. No one stopped us. <laughs> no one stepped in to stop us. So The feds have, have not been listening. Uh, <laughs> thank goodness for that. Um, so, yeah, so it should be a, it should be an interesting uh, uh, interesting episode. It's been an interesting week for that. Question matter. for you. Uh, yes. Interesting week. Did you get a chance to smoke a cigar this week? I did. And uh, let, me just, let me just tell you about about this because this is a uh, uh, I, I want to say this is a little different from my uh, my normal report about these type of things. Uh, I smoked the Nica Libre by Aganorsa Leaf, the Bellicosa. Oh, so I remember mm-hmm. when we went by CI, you bought one of those. I did. So I bought a box of the Olivas because right, I so tried that before. I. But I was like, okay, I want to try this one because I hadn't tried down that. Like six so of those yep. so left, picked it up when we were on location for the show at Cigars <laughs> International. Suck them down. In Contro. <laughs> Nico Libre's always been a favorite uh, yes. brand of mine. Uh, back before anybody really knew who A.J. Fernandez was, and I am the self-confessed A.J. Fernandez fanboy. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, before anybody knew who A.J. Jay was. He was doing special blends for 
Cigars International and their related uh, sites and stores. And Nica Libre was one of the most modestly priced of those. It was also one of the best. In fact, so good. the original blend is so good that it has been called the poor man's Padron, uh, which is, I think, spot on. Yeah. And I, I can also tell you right on the spot that those cigars are actually better than Padron's own less expensive yes. cigars. Uh, just the basic Agreed. line on the Padron's. Now, you get up into the... Uh, you know the anniversarios and oh, those. The they're, they're tough series to beat. All, yeah. Yeah, yeah, tough to beat. But uh, anyway, fast forward a few years, and CI has expanded the Nica Libre line. Uh, most recently, by commissioning blends from Oliva, uh, which both Ian and I have raved and raved oh, and raved fantastic. about. And also one of the more interesting cigar companies in the business today, Aganor Salif. So I grabbed a Bellicoso size the day we did the show at CI, and I wanted to save it to smoke and talk about it on the show. And it has been sitting in my humidor just kind of taunting me for several weeks now. <laughs> Waving so, his finger. Uh, so right. I decided it was time. Uh, the Nica Libre by Ag Aganorsa is a Nicaraguan puro, and it's uh, softly box-pressed with a kind of rounded torpedo tip. So it looks uh -huh. like a torpedo, but it's not quite so pointy. Uh, I got deep. Rich leather notes on the pre-light sniff. Cold draw gave me more leather and a note of salted caramel. So this is looking pretty good, right? Right. Uh, I snipped off the tip and lit the baby up, and I was greeted by a kind of a rush of flavors to the palate on the first puff. Not exactly a Nicaraguan pepper blast, but a definite early mix of flavors that got me kind of beginning to work to sort them all out, right? The leather note I got on the pre-light was there, along with a distinct woodsy flavor, I'll go with cedar, I guess, uh, and a note of earth as well. Surprisingly, not a lot of pepper, which I'm used to from Nicaraguan tobacco, uh, but there was a little peppery tang on my tongue on the finish. By the second third, I was picking up baking spices, maybe a bit of cinnamon, cocoa, and hay, pepper and earth on the retrohale. And as I got to the final third, the pepper finally became the dominant note. And to be honest, it kind of pushed everything else away from my ah, palate. loaded up a bit. So much less complexity all the way to the end of the cigar. Construction was very good. No problems with runs or uneven burn. Ash held on for about an inch before it dropped, thankfully not on my shirt. <laughs> uh, so despite this mix of different notes that I described, because I was like looking back at, at my notes and I was thinking, wow, this looks like, looks like it's all gonna add up to be fantastic. I, I wound up being a little underwhelmed by the Nica Libre by Aganor Salif. I guess you could say that the combination of how much I love the original blend, and especially the Oliva blend, combined with the respect that I've got for the Aganorsa brand, set my expectations maybe a little too high. Oh. Uh, and this stick really didn't meet them. Huh. Uh, that's not to say it was a bad cigar. It was just fine. Uh, but when I smoked the Nica Libre by Oliva, I found myself wondering, how can Oliva let this one out of their line Right. To go to go right. to be a cigar that they do for someone else, like it's so good. This this should be in their core line, yeah, it right? Should just be um, their cigar. Yeah, with the Aganorsa, I felt like they kind of wound up with a blend that was not quite worthy of their own line. They said, "Okay, we'll give this one to Nica Libre," right? And it did kind of remind me of a half decent budget cigar. Oh. You know what I mean? Like right. like if you bought something for four or five bucks and you smoked it, it's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. That's that's kind of the feeling that I got from it, especially by the time I was done. And therein lies the biggest issue that I had with this cigar. Because it retails for about $10 a stick. And that's twice okay. what that's, you wanted to pay for it. Yeah, kind of big. Although yeah. you can find it cheaper sometimes online. But that makes it a couple of bucks higher than the Oliva. And it just doesn't deliver. Uh, my advice... Uh -huh. Stay with the core Nicolibres, or better yet, the Oliva, 
uh, and for or for a couple of dollars more, get Aganorse's own JFR Maduro or the Guardian yeah, of the Farm those are, those are uh, Night Watch, and you'll get a much better bang for your buck. Not a bad cigar, but not a great one either, and not a ten dollar stick in my estimation. So price to quality, I will give it a four. Ouch! For those yeah. of you out there who uh, aren't familiar with our price to quality scale, it's a one to ten scale, and five is right where you get exactly what you pay for. Right, everything so all everything aligns. It's a five. Right. If you if you if you're getting a little more than you paid for, you're gonna rate it above a five. If you get a little less than you paid for, you you rate it a little below. That's a and interestingly, this cigar is a couple of bucks more than the Oliva. Well, is. that's what I was going to say. If if they're if they're pricing it and, and they're pricing it at the same price as some of their uh, some of Agnor's like mm-hmm. premium cigars. Uh, cuz Guardian of the Farm is what a dollar more right. or something right, like right. that for some exactly. of the sticks. So I mean, and that's a great cigar. A, a wonder the Guardian of the Farm Night Watch, that thing is amazing. Yeah. It really is. I I've no I was thinking about this when I was writing my notes down for this uh for the show. And that is that Partly because when we do, um, you know, these reviews or these tasting notes, um, we're always conscious of what the cigar costs mm-hmm. because of the, um, you know, because of the price to quality, right? We go back and look it up if we don't remember, right? Which is different than before we were doing the show. I might go buy a, you know, a bunch of cigars, put them in the humidor. By the time I smoke them, I may not no remember idea. what it costs, right? right? So it it has really changed the way I look at things. Where I go, this is a ten dollars cigar, but that AJ that I had was eight, and it's better. Like you, you really Black doing is amazing, right? You're really doing that kind of comparison all the time. Now, are, are you a cigar smoker at all? Oh, for sure. Actually, shout out to Urban Smoke. I was just there last night, oh, um, nice. hanging out at Urban nice. Smoke, open yeah. surf. Uh, that's Dallas Street, I think. Um, oh. But I'd have to check that Google. I had a couple of cognacs with my cigar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. I did have a nice full body. I always, when I'm having a cognac and a cigar, I always try to grab the cigar with the notes of the cognac to kind of add a little bit of uh, what I call orchard fruit, like apricot, peach, or something, and something a little bit more floral. Um, I know for the listeners out there that sounds strange to say a cigar is floral, but you can really, with the blend and attributes, when you blend the tobacco, the sum is greater than the individual parts. So Mm -hmm. um, you can really get great stuff. As you mentioned, cinnamon, baking spices. Mm -hmm. I try to go for, especially the uh, what I was drinking was our XO, our minimum 10-year blend. Mm -hmm. So quite a bit of time in French oak, so you do want that baking spice to kind of amplify. Uh, There are certain characteristics of certain cigars that go better with certain spirits uh, than others. Uh, And it's really the case with beer. We talk about this a lot. I love a great IPA, and I don't mind it being bitter, but that is almost always going to wrestle with the cigar. Almost, I I hate to use the word ruin, but it really does take away your appreciation. It's a bit of a palate wrecker, you know? And and, and yet I love that. So so I save those for when I'm not having a cigar. (laughs) And when I am, I'll have something maybe that's maltier. We call those... Inside beers. (laughs) I like like that. That uh, that works for me. Spirits, however, can be a lot more, not only a lot more forgiving, but uh, uh, can be a lot more aligned with certain flavors as well. Speaking of uh, not only forgiving, but cognac and cigars. Oh, yeah. Come on. So, do you have. It's hard to even go wrong. They married in the 1800s and really (laughs) never broke up ever since as well. Um, Do you have a favorite cigar or type of cigar that you like to smoke when you're having uh, Cavassier? I actually get a lot of recommendations from the cognac itself. I never try to just stick in one one box as well. Uh, Especially, you never know with with what you mentioned. I've never heard of 
of those releases as well. The yeah. one you were semi-impressed mm -hmm. with and yep. I uh, would love to learn more kind of about it, mm -hmm. but I don't really stick to one box because I, I always, as an ambassador, you'd be surprised. We always have to actually get market insights and get yeah. gaining back. So you're constantly what we call Gemba and you're assessing the market and looking around. So you actually have to be dibble dabbling and sampling, which is a long way to say I actually just do whatever makes it feel good and really take recommendations from experts like yourself. So it sounds like that's mm -hmm. almost the inverse of it's, it's the exact of, opposite of what we do. What, yeah. what Ian uh, has taught me, and we've even had a couple of events themed around this, uh, which he calls the whiskey sniff. And why don't you explain how that works? So, and, and it works with uh, any spirit, but the whiskey sniff is uh, one of the things that I would do is I'd go outside and I'd light my cigar and I would get through the very first you know, initial light of it and you get the flavors in your mm -hmm. palate. Then I would go inside and I would start popping open my whiskey and just nosing it. And and what happens is you will find one that just you get it, you well, know. Your if nose you will have tell you. the number of whiskeys that you have in your bar, <laughs> you will find one. Over if you only have two, you might or might not find one. Well, if you only have two, your choice is easy. easy. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair enough. Which one of these is better, right? Adding yeah. on to that part, because I'm such an expert in cognac, I can accurately describe the flavor and kind of where the palate is going to hit and the longevity. So I kind of dive right in and really discover it myself. And what I call a light bulb over the head <laughs> moment, or uh, what they call right. it coffee the god shot um mm -hmm. where you just kind of it all clicks like a circuit and the electricity really comes together i, well, I say it yeah. forms like voltron yeah uh, i'm i'm intimidated yeah. now because yeah. uh because when we taste this i'm just gonna like taste and go mm, this is good and i'll let you guys describe it <laughs> so, all right we gotta take a break this is smoking and toasting our program is all about craft beer fine spirits and hand rolled cigars michael fothrop is our guest he's a brand ambassador for Cavassier, and we'll be tasting some very soon we'll be right back all right Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our guest today is Michael Fothrop, who is the brand ambassador for Cavassier. So I have to ask, because I, I have to ask every brand ambassador this, how did you land did, this job? Did your what high the school guidance, uh, guidance counselor, counselor yeah. tell you that this job was available? <laughs> they said the normal thing. Same thing to you. We're going to be complete failures. You got that messaging too? I totally did. I totally awesome. did. Uh, in fact, it was mm -hmm. something like if you don't stop interrupting and making jokes in class, you're going to be a yeah. total failure. That would be like shovels, kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much they're like, have you heard of bricklaying? Yeah. Uh, it's a great option. So uh, I was a bartender for over 10 years, most okay. notably at Cannon Whiskey and Bitters Emporium in okay. Seattle, Washington. So amazing selection of whiskeys and spirits, largest in the Western Hemisphere. Nice. So it was a really deep... Okay, wait, stop. Largest <laughs> yeah. in the Western Hemisphere. hemisphere. Oh, yeah. That is a major claim. For That's all massive. of the people out there, the Western <laughs> Hemisphere is North America, South America, and Hawaii, uh, which is in North America too. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's So yeah, Jamie Boudreau is the owner and proprietor. He was an incredible, incredible mentor for me took a great chance for me as a young lad really just sniffing whiskey back in wow. the day yeah and uh essentially i met murray stenson there and if you don't know murray stenson he is uh one of the best bartenders in the world reinvented the last word mm. playboy bartender of the year one of the first guys to get tales of the cocktail plates for best bartender so uh when i met him he was 64 he had 42 years of experience wow yeah so say he that again 42 years yeah probably uh, just figured a little something out he had a good time. he had a good nose 
I like to say yeah. too. In an incredible <laughs> Rolodex, uh, I also met Paul Clark through him, the editor of Imbibe. And so with that kind of trifecta of influence, I learned a lot very quickly. I'm very grateful for these people. Um, this was my young 20s and mid 20s, so I didn't really take it too seriously. Sure. This is really about because you don't um, take anything seriously. Anything seriously in early like, and mid 20s. But uh, working with Jamie, working with Murray, they showed me that education you can actually really help your economic situation. So if you're educated about what's behind you, you can really increase the guest check, therefore sure. increase your tip at yeah, the end of the yeah. day. Right. And when you get them coming back, just, you know, just leave a little bit to be desired. So, and mm. we had quite a few options at Canon and we started doing vintage spirits. And long story short, building that Rolex of regulars, I met Gary Obligacion, the director of operations for the Alinea Group. And uh, after I worked at Canon, I had the opportunity to stage at the Aviary. And then I moved to Chicago, Illinois. It was amazing. Very cold, but super yep, fun. Yep. Great uh, city. Great city. Great drinking town. Great food town. And uh, Except for the Malort thing. But it is a thing. <laughs> yeah. If you try it in a Mai Tai or some type of tropical drink, it can really help folks out uh, no, there. No, I'm, but, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There is no appropriate use for Malort. And when he says twice. introduced, he means he he basically. I'm a lord. I'm yeah, he you did. <laughs> Sidebar, my barber, a shout out to John and Vinny's uh, barbershop, too, uh, uh, on Fullerton Avenue in Chicago. He would trick you and be like, oh, you're visiting from out of town. Great. Here's a shot. Welcome to Chicago. And it would be Malort. And you just do it. People, I, I actually have a bottle yeah. barrel aged Malort. Just so oh. you know. yeah, there is such a it thing. Says, it says bam. barrel aged barrel a bam barrel aged <laughs> Malort. Oh my god, uh, that's classy. Awful. Kind of after aviary, you know that whole technical supermodel. You know, if mm -hmm. you go there, we had forty two types of ice just to kind of clue you in about <laughs> what was going on there. Uh, building jungle birds and amazing stuff that uh, techniques and distilling cocktails that I've I've never done since. And yeah, very man, few people. Touch, I thought so. Anvil was crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the place we have here in mm -hmm. uh, in Houston. That that you know, if you if you go in and order a drink and it calls for you know uh, uh, cinnamon, it's like they grind it there in yeah. in the uh, in the bar. But uh, but yeah, there's obviously if you can bartend successfully yes. at one of those places, then you've got. You've got some skills. So Indeed. we'll tie it all to Cavassier uh, coming up in just a moment. In fact, we'll taste some Cavassier coming up. I can't wait. Uh, and I'm very Neither. excited about that. It's Smoking and Toasting, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, show number 338. We are halfway to 400 and very, very it's excited about thing. it. So, uh, yeah, welcome Harmony. to uh, welcome to the program. Michael Fothrop uh, is with us today. He is the brand ambassador for Covassier. So, Michael, for those who maybe aren't as, you know, well-versed in all of the spirit world, what exactly is cognac? How is it made? How is it different from... Uh, from other spirits? Great question. Cognac is made from white wine. The grape is called Uni Blanc. Uni Blanc, Uni which Blanc. means one... Um, one white. One white, okay. Um, it's U-G-N-I. Mm -hmm. And 99% of cognac is that grape, Uni Blanc. You okay. can do four, four or five more. They're actually trying to add more right now, but we'll get to that later. Okay. It is distilled on pot stills. So okay. same way that, uh, same way you know, like a rum, rum or, whiskey uh, yeah. or mm -hmm. rum or Irish whiskey, most famously. Mm -hmm. uh, then it is at that point, it's called eau de vie. 
which okay. is uh, translates to water of life. And that's really uh, kind of <laughs> I a, love that. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of my mantra. I'm going I, when I get done with the show, I'm going to go home and I'm going to tell my wife, you are my O de V. Think I'm a man with a future tonight? I think that's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> you are my O de V. At that point, the O de V is aged in oak. Um, mm -hmm. It can be French oak. Most most, most of the time often it's French it is, oak. Right? Yeah. But of course, you know, we have a Mizanara finish, which is Japanese oak as well so it doesn't have to be french oak but it has to be oak and what are um, the differences in what your expectations are from the between the french and the japanese oak oh great question with the it's different fruit flavors like mm -hmm. more tropical fruit flavors from the japanese oak papaya banana mango mm -hmm. um where the french oak you're getting kind of the orchard fruit flavors you're going to mm -hmm. get a lot more citrus you're going to get a lot stuff, more yeah. um apricot peach also mm -hmm. you know of course we love our baking spices from our french oak where mm -hmm. the japanese oak is going to be a lot more incense spice, I would say, kind of, you know, almost clove, uh, those kind of things. Sandalwood, uh, and no, more like sandalwood oh. Egyptian spices oh, okay, and incense. Gotcha. And uh, it's go ahead. And I was just gonna say, we called the, the title of the show Getting Fancy with Cavassier because, in my mind, and tell me why do I have this perception? Um, Cavassier, cognac in general, just seems a little fancier than whiskey or, or rum or tequila. Uh, you know, those seem more like. Party, 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 whereas cognac seems more refined. It, mm. Is is that actually true? And and if yes or no, where did the perception come from? I'll answer that in a couple statements, too, as well. Okay. One, cognac is meant to be enjoyed any moment, any time. We're having fun right now. Share a cognac, laugh it up as yeah, well, just right. like any spirit, any just drink. Just like, you know, uh, tequila or whatever. Right. Just yeah. like tequila, just like rye whiskey. You know, take some. when I'm in London with bartenders, I actually do shots of cognac quite a bit as well, too. So it <laughs> really that. depends on. And here, you, of course, Americans, we're all about our VSOP and our XO. So we're mm -hmm. about taking time and looking great, feeling great, savoring the flavors, whether it's with a fine meal, a beautiful duck that's roasted, or an incredible cigar. Mm -hmm. And then why you feel fancy drinking it is, one, it is awesome. But I think <laughs> because it's a geographical indicator, yeah. um, cognac is, and that's in the 1909, the BNIC was created to mm -hmm. uh, regulate cognac for the French government and right. promote cognac across the world. So any time that's a geographical indicator, you feel very fancy because you're at the top of the tier. Everything mm -hmm. else is just brandy afterwards. Well, and plus... The French have just the sound of their language mm. comes off more fancy because so many things in the That's wine world language. are basically just named after the region that they come from, right? We. Oui. Uh, what's that? We. Oui. Yeah. Oui. Yeah. We. Oui. <laughs> but it, it works so much better because of the way the French words sound, right? If you were, mm. if you developed some, you know, great new varietal of grape. And you marketed it out there based on where it was developed in Enos, Texas. And you, right, and you called it Brownsville. Yeah. You know that just it just wouldn't have the same joie de vie. Correct about the joie de vie, yeah. and because it is marketed as you know for so long, foreign products were foreign, sexy, extravagant, exotic, very high quality, and you could kind of. You know, obviously with Cavassia in particular, we've graced royal courts of Europe. So when you see it, you know, next to some of the Swiss kings, Danish mm -hmm. kings, sure, most yeah. famously Napoleon, yeah. King Edward the Seventh in England, you're like, 
oh, these guys really must be doing something right, you know? So <laughs> I love it. I think it's also that uh, 90s culture of having the snifter, having the moment yes. of, you know, the Tony swirling Soprano yeah. swirling sure. and everything, counting Warming his cash. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so uh, that was a whole thing. And obviously kind of the whole part about the, the uniqueness, because I tell people all the time, cognac is a unicorn surrounded in fog. You think about, oh, what's it's made from? How is it actually made? Why did why are these letters on the bottle? Right, right. And so they they do mean something because these people respect and are so proud of who they are, just like Texans. And yeah, sure. they literally went to the government and said, We are so special, we make such great stuff that we need to tell the whole world about it. And you need to promote it for us. My favorite you you brought the Tony Soprano image to mind. Mm -hmm. And my favorite if if I'm remembering the scene correctly, because it's been a few years since I watched The Sopranos, but it's the one where he's like holding the cognac and he's swirling it around and they're asking him, so what is it that you do again? And he swirls the cognac and he goes, waste management. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that. I just love the way he says that. And, and the cognac, it was just the perfect juxtaposition. But uh, I digress. Uh, before we taste, because we're about to, um, Ian has poured us a beer. And I thought we should taste this before it gets too warm because I really like my beer cold. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is from, and I love this brewery. They're in Blanco, Texas. They're the name of the brewery is Real Ale, and they have a number of great beers, including great beers. The one that put them on the map was Fireman's Four. That's oh, their man, Fireman's that's Four. That's their amber, which is just so good. Their coffee porter oh, is yeah. oh, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. and it is the their coffee names porter. is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. They and they've got some great IPAs too. So um, I, I thought it'd be interesting to taste their Bach here in Texas. We are all we uh, think of Bach as being almost synonymous with Shiner, right? Right. You know, because it's, Shiner it's, is it's the Bach. such a big deal and in Texas. This is in that style. This is. Um, I, I think this is an honestly fantastic beer. It really is. Do it. And it is a direct, I don't know if it's a direct uh, competition with Shiner Bach. You notice they, they have the Bach in almost the exact same almost font. Almost the same font, yes. So I think it's kind of a nod to, you know, um, maybe uh, a it, shout out it, kind it, of. It might, I was going to say, it might not be disrespectful. It might be out of respect. Right, right. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think that's kind of where they're going. And it's Hill Country Bach, you know, mm -hmm. which is also, you know, they're not far from each other. It's really roasty. The roasted malt is the first thing. And and I've always said this about Shiner. Uh, it's true also about um, Fat Tire. Um, and, and I think it's absolutely true that this beer would work very well with almost any cigar. Mm -hmm. I, this beer is sweet and pretzel-y, like mm -hmm. that pretzel dough kind of thing. Um, it's got so much malt character right up front i absolutely love this beer yeah it's really good and i don't ever like mentally compare it to shiner bach i think they're just different beers but this is fantastic and i have crushed many 12 packs of this so this reminds me a little bit flavor wise of shiner bach but it is more of it's slightly more bavarian it's slightly yeah. more pretzel mm -hmm. slightly yeah. more of that uh of that eastern europe sort of a, a, a flavoring to it um i i absolutely dig it i think it's as you said crushable but still Big on flavor. Yeah, and it's big. and it's coming in at uh four point nine percent. So it's not like a super big beer. It's reasonably um reasonably sessionable as well. So now I'm hoping that this will uh not put us on a weird path in terms of going next to uh the Cavassier because 
uh, I, generally speaking, the one the one you have to watch for is IPAs. You know that mm-hmm. that's where uh, you got some palate wrecking uh, uh, potential. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are some recipes that have both grapes and grain. I think they go well together. Yeah, I, I think so. So we'll so uh, we'll we'll far. move now to the first uh, expression of Cavassier and and see see what we see what we have here, and, and I'll let you basically just talk us through it. Okay. Of course, I wish I had a piece of cheese for this beer. Actually, oh, a piece, piece of cheese perfect. sounds great. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's what my uh, my buddy Pat Fant always. That's that's how he says. Let's get lunch. He goes. There's you a, want to get a piece of cheese? There's a Kerrygold uh, Dublin cheese. Have you ever had that? That is one of my favorite cheeses so in good. the world. It goes with oh, wow. beer. In it's a way. so good. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you one more. There is a beer. You know the little market downstairs uh, at at my right, right, uh, apartment right. building, right? Um, <clears throat> the Phoenicia. They and the frustrating thing about them is they'll get great stuff in, and then once it sells out, you never see it again. <laughs> right. And I think that may be the case. But they had some cheeses that were made with beer, and not just beer. Oh, love it. They were made with several different beers. One was made with Eddie Topper, one was made with Harpoon IPA, and another was made with, uh, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. Uh, any, anyway, they were all amazing and delicious. Oh, that sounds I so good. I especially like the Eddie Topper. Something about that just totally worked with my little rice crackers. Love it, love were it. Were they washed, the rind washed? With beer, I don't know because they they came they were already kind of pre cut into mm. rectangular uh, shapes, so I don't know exactly how they did it. But I know they had it was what caught my eye because they have lots of cheeses there. What caught my eye was the beer logo. I saw the harpoon logo. Wow. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> like, dude, smell oh, this. I know what the other one was, by the way. It and this was, is not uh, bad milk that I'm trying to get you to smell. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Uh, the the other one that I was trying to think of was Voodoo Ranger. I oh nice, yeah. and that one was oh. great too. So, but now and I'm actually really degrees from this. Glad you really picked this beer because it's so malty. Yeah. And as oh. you were mentioned, cognac is made from grapes, so you're going to see this is a lot lighter, brighter, more fruit driven. That you're instead of that malt, beautiful body right. and yeast that we had just before. Dude. What you're drinking is our Cavassier Exo Royale. So this All right, is so Exo means what? Exo means uh, it's a category of cognac, means extra old. It's a minimum 10-year okay. blend. It has to be at least 10 years. The youngest eau de vies in the blend have to be 10 years old. Everything right. else has to can either so at if least had, be 10 or supersede that. If you had several that were 15, 20, but one that was 8, it couldn't be an XO. Could not be an XO. It okay. would be a Napoleon at that point. Okay. Um, VS is 2 years old. VSOP is 4 years. Napoleon 6. XO is 10. This is XO Royale, but it would fit into the XXO category, a minimum 14-year blend. Oh, wow. So this is great. And and do those uh, do those indicators work just for cognac, or is it uh, is that true for other things like rum as well? Just a cognac thing. Okay. You can also, uh, anytime you have an XO rum, they're probably nodding to the cognac uh, space or cognac blenders. They really, because um, cognac influences the whole world, actually, it, with uh, single malt scotch whiskey, with American whiskey, with rum, and any because cognac is such an old region dating back mm-hmm. even even before when the BNIC regulated it. They've been making distilled uh, uh, wine for hundreds and hundreds of years. It really influences the whole the whole world and, and how they position it. But this uh, is called Exo Royale because of our point where we did grace the royal courts mm-hmm. and King Edward VII that we had some eau de vie for him from uh, – it was very, very good. I actually got to try just about <laughs> a half ounce of it too. The eau de vies dated back to 1840. And so uh, our chief blender tried the eau de vie. And this is his modern interpretation of that eau de vie that he, he tried. No. 
I'm going to be very unscientific here, mm -hmm. but I do feel fancy when I'm drinking this. <laughs> out of that you, glass, you in know, particular, especially too. out of yeah. this glass. But but no, it, it really is. It's it's a uh, there. There's a certain like, like sort of emotional sensation that you get where you go, man. I'm drinking something really nice, and I feel it's, really good about myself it's right now. So soft and delicious. Mm -hmm. Like the the term "soft" is such a weird thing to to apply to a drink uh, outside of like you know we think get a soda pops with soft drinks mm -hmm. or whatever but like this has such a just just gentle it's delicious, gentle yes mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's so much going on flavor wise i mean you get the grapes but there's also all of this uh you know uh, things that are kind of almost hard to to break out right away but i get you know in addition to the grape varietals you can get oak you can get um do you get any stone fruit? Well, definitely baking spice. Mm -hmm. Stone fruit. Like apple or pear I, in particular. I think there is a bit of pear there. Because mm -hmm. uh, I really like pear, and that's a that's an easier thing maybe for me to identify than, than apple. But I like that. I, I like describe that. this like someone rented me a penthouse at the Four Seasons, put my head down on a pillow, and uh, let me smoke a beautiful caramel apple cigar. <laughs> <laughs> the, and, the the caramel like i was just sitting enjoying just the retro hail of it. oh it's yeah so complex. it's wonderful there's so much going on there and there's like oak at the outside fringes of it the apple i kind of uh like apple is one of those interesting flavors i get that in certain whiskeys get that in uh in the cognac um uh, there's a little uh like a kiss of vanilla in there like a sweetness that's that's kind of like tucked in behind everything else it's really really interesting how it's all how it's all put together michael what does a bottle of this uh go for at retail this is gonna be uh three to 350 okay um and you guys deserve this that's all i'm saying that's well, you don't have to feel fancy you deserve i it. i do feel fancy yeah. and and I, I won't argue with you about deserving it but i do feel fancy <laughs> I, I i i really do this is uh this is wonderful we're going to talk about this some more because this this bears introspection. It's not one of those things you drink and go, wow, that was really good. What do we have next on the show? Like this this bears like some Cruising time. And some we're never thought. the same after that day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'll never be the same if you hang with us all the way to drinking. And news. then they were lost so. in France. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good place to be lost. All right, we're going to take a break and we will uh, return shortly. Uh, it's Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars coming up. Uh, we're going to tell you about some cigars to uh, watch for. And, uh, of course, we're only a few segments now away from drinking news. And so that's something to look forward to as well. Thank you for being a part of our 338th show with our special guest, Michael Fawthrop. Uh, he's the brand ambassador for Gavassier. And we still have more of that to taste as well. It's Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, and our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And Cognac. I just want to say, I just want to say to you guys that that honestly, the best parts of this show always happen in the breaks between the segments. So we're brilliant in between the breaks. That's right. I just want you to know. Brilliant. The mics are on. We're like, if, if you Cognac, guys, good, if you guys, geniuses. If you guys were only here for the breaks, you would realize <laughs> what amazing broadcasters we are. Uh, no, Michael Fawthorp is, is our guest. He is with Cavazier. And you were, you were saying something actually during the break, and I said, hold up, because I really want to go over that on the show. You were saying Cognac is... All about... All about communication, trust, and friendship. 
just like you guys, really. <laughs> no, but, but see, that that's that really is – it gets to the core of why we actually really enjoy doing the show. We've talked yes, about it. Yes. There's a social aspect to this. And it all started when, you know, Ian and his you know, then fiancé, now his wife – uh, came over to my house. We were sitting out on my balcony, and I was pulling some cool beers and and stuff out of the refrigerator, and we were pouring them and just talking about them. And it was that socializing. Uh, it was that vibe. That when they left, I told my wife, I said, "That's a show." That's, that's a show. It. And that is literally how Smoking and Toasting was born. And that's how you make community. Mm -hmm. You take a risk. You grab your friend and say, "Hey." Let's do this. You know, and so okay. it's really, Mark really that good. one too. Mark that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's all right. Uh, uh, and so, just like you know, when you go to cognac, you really understand everyone touches the cognac. Whether mm -hmm. you drive the tractor that picks the grapes, you rotate the barrels, or you work at the cooperage, or you pick the grapes yourself. You work at a visitor center that mm -hmm. tastes cognac to sure. tourists. You work at a hotel for people to stay at when they're drinking cognac mm -hmm. as well. You drive a boat ride it, to take people from uh, Maison to Maison. Maisons are uh, mansions and distilleries, okay. and so uh, it's castles and distilleries. It's kind of more what they look like. As well. yeah, right. Yeah. The more it's time, French, the more time I spend with this, I'm, I like it's like I get the oak, and I also I'm picking up like a chocolate or almost brownie mm -hmm. kind. Of. Mm -hmm. Do you guys get any of the oxidized port as well? Too kind of that old port. Uh, I I, no. I do I don't love that I'm picking port, up on that. I do love port, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I have to go. Uh, Take we'll, another step. We'll have to do more research is what we like to say <laughs> here on the show. By the way, speaking of research, Ian, have you been back to the Hill Country Bach? Does it do interesting you, things to the Bach? Since you put the uh, uh, the uh, cognac in your palate? Oh, it's like a straight up barley pop. It yep. sure is. Yes. Wow. It sure is. It's like barley explosion. I kind of love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love what it does. It's a very different uh, taste for beer. There's not that mm -hmm. many beers that are barley forward in that way. Um, and then you go back to this again, and it's just wonderful. And that's why cognac goes with everything. Cognac with everything. <laughs> this everything. makes me want to sit out with a cigar, too. Well, it really, I am jonesing for a cigar right now because this has just totally got got that going. And so, so the next time, when you, when you come back for the next show, uh, we will go on location so we oh, can fabulous. smoke and, and, and enjoy it with the uh, with Yeah, the that would be amazing. That would be a great deal of we fun. We, obviously, we can't do that here in the studio, but, uh, but yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Speaking of cigars, what was uh, released last year as a line of limited edition cigars has now become a full-time brand, even though it's in uh, limited quantities. We're talking about the CAO Pilon Añejo. Mm -hmm. it's, a, uh, it's been released as a limited thing. It's now shipping out to retailers all over the world. It was rolled in Danley, Honduras, at the uh, Hatza factory. And CAO Pilon Añejo consists of a Sumatra wrapper grown in Ecuador with a Honduran binder and mix of Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. I've had this cigar. It's, oh, really, it's really wonderful. Nice, yeah. and, and so I'm, I'm really excited that they are uh, It's one of those that... CAO, even when they were, um, mm. even when they were having some of the quality control issues and things like that, and they came out was, with that pilon, yes, yeah. mm. and, the, and that was very consistent, and you could count on it to be uh, to be good. Speaking of things you can count on, EP Carrillo is excited to announce their newest creation. It's the EP Carrillo Short Run 2023. So right. Short Run is when they release like a limited mm -hmm. run, basically, uh, and what they do is they take tobaccos that are really interesting but they may not have a huge quantity of and they do a sh small batch mm -hmm. and and release it uh, that way and it 
causes or it you know brings about some really interesting and unique one of a kind blends. It's made at the Oscar Valadares Tobacco uh, and Company factory in Honduras, and the 2023 version will be carefully crafted and presented in three sizes: robusto, toro, and a gordo. Each cigar wrapped in a habano seed Ecuadorian wrapper uh, and underneath a Nicaraguan binder, along with fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. And You've smoked a gar before, right? G A R. Yes. Yeah. So gar is uh, basically a. Uh, a it, it's from the. Uh, I also lived Grand in Liberty, Nevada. Texas. I've caught a gar. Okay. Yeah. I, was like, I think I Just ate so that you know. last night. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's not a uh, delicious fish. No. Uh, uh, Grand Habano is announcing the release of their new G A R American Standard cigar coming in September. It is a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan puro, and uh, it's a. Uh, uh, a cigar that will be available in Robusto, Gran Robusto, Imperial, Czar, and uh, Grandioso. And the prices are incredibly reasonable. They start at five fifty for the Maduro nice. and go up to 7 bucks uh, is the highest price. That's MSRP, of course, for the uh, Grandioso. So a few cigars to watch for uh, when you are visiting your local store. We're going to take a break and come back. We're getting very close to drinking news, but we also have got lots to talk about and more cognac to taste. It's kind of talking to you now. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 338. And we are heard uh, uh, all, all around the country, or at least a couple of places. 338. On, We're uh, still great. On broadcast radio. So thank you to all of those of you uh, who hear our show on great uh, news talk, AM radio stations, and other places. So uh, you can get us almost anywhere, by the way Instagram, uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, we're even still available. Does anybody do Facebook anymore? Is that a thing? Uh, I, know, I, think, I, I think us old people I have, do Facebook. I have an aunt who posts all kinds of silly photos of her dinner. Uh, so maybe maybe she's still on I Facebook. I think I'm inadvertently uh, uh, part of Facebook because I put it up, stuff up on Instagram and it goes to Facebook. It goes too. to Facebook, too. Yeah, and that, and that happens. Um, so during the break... Um, I asked our, our guest, Michael Fothrop, who's the brand ambassador for Cavassier, because we still have one more uh, expression to taste, right? And the first one was so amazing. And so I asked him, is this like better than the one we just tasted? And he immediately says, oh, yes. And, and, Absolutely. and Ian and I both went, oh, my God, because <laughs> the first one was so good. So tell us about what is it that trumps that? So Cavassier, what you're drinking is the Cavassier Lassance. So this is means the essence, uh, basically drinking our soul right now. Um, <laughs> this was invented uh, in, in uh. 2009 by our fifth generation chief blender, Jean-Marc Olivier. And so he was a visionary about making super premium cognac and very, very old cognac, specifically with the Border Recrew. That's the right. smallest subregion of the cognac. Okay. That uh, contributes a ton of floral honey notes that we love the rounded out. This is a minimum 50-year blend, and this is just a work and a passion project of love. It's this is a made work of, of art is what it is. I haven't even tasted it yet. <laughs> There's a little bit of earth in this mm -hmm. that I kind of pick up on the nose that I didn't get in the I, other I one. I do believe the French word is terroir. Terroir. Now, see, me. I was going to be overly simplistic but uh, when i was doing the nose on this i just went my brain just said candy candy <laughs> you know? honey tobacco yeah. leaf uh yeah, nougat is, is to, to me as well too do you guys remember those nougats um, yes they uh, when i was a kid i always loved those things picking them out of my teeth and i just taste i taste so much 
light elegance. The tannins have been digested completely from the French oak on this. The honey is a beautiful chef's kiss, and just that fresh tobacco leaf leaves the end of the palate like a beautiful floral I haven't note. even tasted it yet. My I, mouth is just watering. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Madness. In fact, I kind of don't even want to taste it I need because you I'm to afraid like it's going to ruin me. It's going to ruin every meal that I'm about to eat at all times. <laughs> it, it will arguably be the best thing you put in your mouth all week. This, this, is, going to, <laughs> this is going to ruin me is what it's going to do. That's what I have. Uh, so uh, uh, I was so not saying so many jokes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> so many things. It was a softball. Remember the old days before we were on broadcast radio when there's no way we would have let that pass? Yeah. And now we're like, You're like uh -huh. no joke. This is really, if you taste it, go ahead. Yeah, uh, It's really a party in your mouth with the DJ. And so so I'll just say my, uh, uh, my daughter-in-law, uh, Brianna, who's been on the show before, uh, she always, you know, complains to me like you've you've spoiled like you've ruined me because I, you know, I taught her to drink like really good tequilas and and then she goes and and says yeah but I can't afford to buy these these kind of tequilas you've you've messed it all up for me that's kind of what I'm afraid this of when I now, taste this there yeah. is a silky and buttery texture to this that is unbelievable just the texture alone we're not even getting to the flavors yet Holy just the cow. texture alone yeah is unbelievable on this. Right. It, it, so when I said we're getting fancy with Covassier, that texture really <laughs> underscores the word fancy in my in my mind. That's that's why, and we talked about this, that's why I feel fancy when I'm drinking this. It's just it just there's no other way to describe it that's that's accurate for me. I think it's funny because floral notes are just unbelievable. Like especially in the retro hail, you get almost the the like next to the stem kind of floral notes as well. It's really, really interesting. If you close your eyes, you're really just right in cognac. You're basically in the barrel. So Yeah, and and I've never been. So mm -hmm. I can I, I have this mental image oh, yeah. of what it would be like to be, you know, sitting under a great French oak tree mm -hmm. sipping this enjoying with a little bit of cheese and it leaves the, the terroir a little bit on the lips as well mm -hmm. i would have said earth but terroir I'm sounds so French. much cooler yeah the terroir is really accurate and that borderie will kind of contribute those earthy notes when it gets this old uh you'll start to have that beautiful texture that's just the softest pillow on your on your tongue and oh. it's funny you feel fancy because i think that you just haven't drank enough cognac to know the quality of cognac as well. you'll mm -hmm. because they control it and regulate it so much the bnic just has such a high standard for the floor and the base that we don't see all the time in other spirit categories let me ask you about aging mm -hmm. um with spirits like whiskey for example there's a certain place where you reach in terms of aging that you're probably not necessarily helping anymore if it's get, if it's getting mm -hmm. too old, right? What, is cognac that way? In other words, you said this is 50 year, right? Minimum 50 year. Minimum 50 year. Yeah. So, so if you were to continue to age those and it was 100 year, would it be even a step better than this? Or is there a place where there's kind of diminishing returns? So the kind of common knowledge is turns around at like 44 right. yeah. or right. something you don't, like you don't, that, right? You don't get much older than early 40s with scotch. Yeah. 
really 75 years is kind of the common uh, general roadmap, wow. I would mm -hmm. say, for people. After 75 years, they say it doesn't doesn't contribute as much. It doesn't give you as much spent. to, yeah. yeah. And over, you might have very hoped. diminished returns at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that, and you lose, over 75 years, the angel share you're going to lose is kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty <laughs> <obvious>. <laughs> so, Wow. And it really is art, and it's passion, because this, as you say, you have to do it for a minimum of 50 years. So that means you have to be patient, caring, tasting, loving, and honestly, 50 years is a lifetime for some people. Your son is the one that's bottling it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And right, that's what right. I mean by the friendship of Cognac, because if you were a chief blender, but the generation before me, and he was the next generation, he would have to rely and trust what we both did beyond right. death. So if you ask the right French person, they believe that the person lives on through the Cognac in the spirit. That makes, uh, like, I understand that, that thinking. And there's a certain, um, uh, again, with a spirit that is this refined and this has this degree of, I'll just say fanciness to it. Uh, it, it lends itself to that kind of thinking, right? That, that you are somehow, that you sort of live on through uh, the spirit that, that you've, that you've made, that you've bottled and, and think how much it would suck to be the son. <laughs> that has to and do. dad didn't do a very good job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and all these years later, you're like, Dad, Dad. <laughs> well, you got to make your own blend it in with dads and yeah, make yeah, it great. Right. And uh, I think that's what my therapist called healing my family trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I call it making uh, cognac great again. Uh, but we'll just move on from there. Uh, tell me uh, a little bit about the um, the aging process itself. Does it stay in? Does it stay in the same barrels? Is it moved from one? type of uh barrel or cask to another how, do, how does that exactly work it stays in the same barrel but um barrels at cavasse we use barrels up to five times so mm -hmm. for our older cognacs we're going to start with the new barrel and for our younger cognacs we're going to put them in a barrel we've used probably three or four times the most we use them is, is five times at that point we're and, just expecting and expect. what does it do to a barrel how is a barrel different if it's been used three or four times Great question. than uh, than if it's brand new oak? It's it's pre-seasoned. So uh, just like Scotch whiskey, they uh, pre-seasoned with sherry or, or another mm -hmm. fortified wine. Imagine pre-seasoning with cognac. My favorite uh, bourbon that's cognac finish is Parker's Heritage, um, mm -hmm. and so it, imagine you know that light fruit finish that Parker's has. Uh, that's from the cognac barrel finish. So if you because this guy, you know, you want to use it brand new because it's going in for 50 years. You don't put something. Right. In you don't want to start with a used cast. With sure. a used cast. And, but younger cognacs like VSOP or VS, you know, th think about it. It's preseason, preconditioned. They can really excel in the best environments, just like having enough water and sunlight in your garden. Wow. And so when, when the cognac goes into the barrel, does the uh, distiller already know how long he intends for it to stay there? Or is it a process where... Maybe at a certain point, you stop, you taste, and go, all right, yes, or no, let's keep aging. That decision is made after distillation. So okay. they'll uh, make the O to B, and they'll, on the tasting panel, there's 12 people on our tasting panel. Um, so it's just like YouTube times six, and all tasting cognacs every morning together. And uh, the O to B The one job in the world that's better than yours. 
Uh, I think it is. I think it is as well. Uh, being our chief blender is really just a, a superstar. He's worked at Cavassier for over 19 years, so wow. he's he's done his time. But um, at distillation, they make that choice and say, this O2B should be an XO. This O2B should be VS, VSOP. Or, so so they can kind of tell from the qualities of it even at the at that earliest stage. At that early stage. How it will, how you know, it will best be used. You know that moment where you wake up way too early and you walk outside and everything's covered in dew, and then the sun comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's like reflecting off the dew That's on the grass. That's what this tastes like. That is <laughs> I like that. Absolutely amazing. You are wow. you are wildly poetic at it's times. Mark Twain over here. <laughs> <laughs> you are wildly poetic at times. It's, it's and, pretty amazing. And by contrast, I have a drinking news coming up that's basically just, you know, uh, jokes <laughs> about manhood. So, And I don't mean, I mean manhood in the physical sense. <laughs> D-jokes is the subject D of... Uh, can we say? See, I don't know if we can say. We can say. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I got a review. See, I used to know all this stuff back in my radio broadcasting days. I mean, you could say used to Dick know what Clark, you, right? I used yeah. to know what you could say. But, you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Basically, we have some Dick Clark jokes on uh, on today's <laughs> drinking news. So. Let me go grab Long John Silver and okay. see what's going on. <laughs> there. You go. See that that is actually in the drinking news report. You will see. Uh, so, but Ian, of course, is is poetic. He's waxing poetic about morning dew. I and, was. And, see, and, I started. Waxing Waxing poetic about morning dew, and you started making. I went. A, I went a, for the Dick Clark, Dick Clark joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, but I have to say, this is a special experience. Like, like this is one. If if you were over at my house and you brought a bottle of this, and I knew it would be, I'm going into my humidor for the best cigar that I have to go with this. This is not where I'm going to smoke a. Uh, you know, a no JR alternative. Yeah. This is where I, I'm going to break out something really, really good. Because because this is, I mean, this just takes it to a whole new level. What is this bottle retail for? This is going to be north of 5000 Yeah, absolutely. You can 5, find this in 000. Texas, uh, here in Houston. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you're going to... It's gonna... in that case at the end of the aisle yeah. of yeah. specs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The one where I walk by and glance longingly, and the employee there at the store looks at me like, not you, buddy. Not with those <laughs> shoes. Not with that. <laughs> not with you're that. wearing flip-flops. Not, <laughs> not with that Hawaiian shirt. You're not. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, 100%. But it is fun to walk by although i have noticed in fairness some of those bottles are migrating out of the locked case at the end of the aisle and are now in the i've seen like three four hundred dollar bottles of tequila and 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 uh, whiskey and and some of those uh, some of them are right there on the on shelf, the shelf yeah. in front of you. Meanwhile, Walgreens can't keep you from stealing a toothbrush, so they've got it locked up under. You know what? What do the liquor stores know? I mean, that well, maybe it's a little harder to hide a bottle of Cavassier in your pants, a big <laughs> suitcase of yeah, tequila right. kind of coming out as well. That's exactly yeah. right. Although I did see a story when I was looking for a drinking news story about a guy who did hide a bottle of scotch in his pants and oh. was caught in the parking lot. But uh, I, I don't know. At yeah. least he was going fancy. I don't know if I want this after it's been in your pants. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to say. Uh, I would never do that to you. But this certainly is wonderful. And if, if it just so happens that you feel like, you know, topping uh, Ian and I off with this, we, we would never object to that sort of thing. As Ian pushes his a little closer, and we will uh, to the brim. we will take a break here, and we will be uh, right back. It's smoking and toasting.
Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. Our show is, of course, all about that craft beer, fine spirits, that and like Dick we're Clark. drinking right now, and and, and Dick Clark jokes. Yes, uh, which we'll be getting to uh, momentarily. Our guest is uh, Michael Fothrop. Uh He is with Cavassier, and he has uh, really very kindly brought us some excellent stuff. And like I thought, the first one was good. It was like, but then you moved to this uh, uh, to this water of life. Uh, what, what is this one called? Essence. Essence. Yeah, I I like how the training's working though. The water yeah. of life is retaining. Water of life. Water of life. <laughs> that's that's totally staying with me. Uh, yeah, I, I am totally going home and uh, laying it on my wife that she is my eau de vie. Uh, and, and we'll see how that works out. I'll report back next week. Um, so um, this is this is really wonderful though. And thank you for sharing with us. Now we're gonna we're gonna do something here that's probably a palate wrecker for the Cavassier. So Ian, you may want to take this opportunity. Before we to start, enjoy this. to this enjoy is, this, just it's, it's one a shame more to even drink this so fast. Like this is so good that I am taking the tiniest sips of it. But I will tell you, if you had a bottle of this, this is one that you would take tiny sips of because you would not want. I would like you drink would it with an this. eyedropper. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so, a little pipette. In a little mouth. pipette. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Well, oh. thanks for letting me share this with you guys too. B- big thanks and small sips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, people uh, ask me all the time, you know, what made you want to start this show? And I always have the same answer. Samples. Samples. Uh, and and so <laughs> so to get to sample something like that, that's a uh, uh, that's a that's a pretty cool thing. That's uh, that's why we get up in the morning. Uh, all right. So we're going to try a beer here that comes from Matchless Brewing and Matchless. We've we've had these guys uh, product on the show before, but it's actually been a very long time. And uh, they are. Well known for making interesting IPAs, and this one's not a double or a, a, a double dry hopped or anything like that. It's just a hazy IPA out of Tumwater, Washington, this is, uh, and Matchless Brewing called Jet Plane. Rainbow, Rainbow Jet, Jet Plane. Plane. Yeah. India Pale Ale. Wow, I think they're trying get... to be all inclusive because it has uh, nectar on, uh, Matuka, Nelson, Savon, and Eldorado hops. This is, basically has every kind of hop. This is a very hop diverse uh, uh, brewery. Pilsner grain and uh, um, and I'm getting so much citrus on the nose here. This is just particularly uh, grapefruit peel, really, to me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, mm. let's see how it goes here. Wow. Do you mind if I check out the? Yeah, go ahead. This this is really good. Like this is so uh, being an IPA fan. This has a this has a. Kind of a multi grain, yes, it does. Uh, kind of a gritty multi grainness on on the nose. It's really being an IPA fan, and hazy's being my favorite style of IPA. I, I've tasted lots and lots and lots of different ones, and it's getting harder and harder to surprise me with one that's different from everything that I've tasted before. This one is different from everything that really I've tasted good. before. It is. It is. It is definitely a little malty on the front. This one is really and, good. The malt on the front is punchy enough mm-hmm. to cut malt through. Malt on the front and citrus on the finish. And then citrus on the finish, and it still finishes with a little sweet instead of just bitter. Almost like business in the front, party in the back. back. And it's, this is it's the kind mullet. of it works. This is the mullet of IPAs. IPAs. <laughs> and that's even cooler than Rainbow Jet Plane. I think they should have just called it the mullet, the mullet. I, would have, I would have bought it out of just curiosity you know the structure uh, is wonderful the pilsner grain the lemongrass finish and then oh, that bright yeah. citrus right it's there it's so too. bright really on nice. the it's yeah. so dark on the beginning and bright on the finish it just takes you through that whole like journey that's, that's as balanced as i think 
almost anything we've had, especially for how big hoppy this is. Mm -hmm. Like, that's incredibly balanced. And it's not surprising they have that many hops. Washington's actually the number one supplier of hops in the world. Well, and I'll just mention, whenever I see a beer that's using that many different hops as opposed to the ones that you hear about all the time, like Citra and, and, and some of that, yeah. you almost expect the funk factor to be higher because right. some of these different strains can be really uh, funky. This is not no. Is I think this. Rainbow I Jet think the plane. hops on this while they're while they're out there in a huge way. I think they were blended very subtly, and uh, we will continue to enjoy skill. this uh, because drinking news is next. We'll be right back. Smoking a toast. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And our, our guest today from Kovacia, you've picked an interesting, and I know you've got a limited time, uh, so you're going to, uh, you were able to stay with us through this segment, which is great because this is our drinking news segment. And I've talked today about our show being fancy, and we've had some very expensive uh, Kovacia on the program that we have just enjoyed. So I'm feeling very you know, uh, very elegant. And so that means we're just about to go off the rails with that now uh, because it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. That's right. We record this live every single week. Yes, we do. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. All right, a reminder before we start that drinking news is where we bring you a non-fake news story that is sometimes, but not always, about drinking, but is always best listened to when you've been drinking. And we've been drinking some fancy stuff today. So. We've been drinking fancy. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm ready to learn. In today's drinking news, we're going to take a quick break from our usual stories about stupid criminals or people who do amazingly questionable things while drunk or people who just generally— You talking about me, boss? Yeah, or people who just generally come from Florida. Uh, instead, we're going to focus on a relatively new cosmetic procedure that's been getting some attention lately. The procedure is—wait for it. One where men have the substance that women sometimes use for lip filler injected into their penis to try and give it some additional, we'll go with the word, girth. Oh. Mm. Yes. <clears throat> now, I don't know about you guys. I don't have any problem getting a shot in the arm or even in my butt cheeks. Trying or, to add some or, or, presence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't have a problem getting a shot even in my butt or most other areas of my body. But if you start waving a needle around <laughs> and you get anywhere close to little cruise, that's what I call it, uh, then you and I are going to have a problem. You know, you know yeah. some Audis yeah. are going to become innies pretty yeah. fast. I'm sitting rather uncomfortably in this chair right now just talking about it, okay? And, and needle... Plus my long John Silver, that's a that, that's another thing I call it. Uh, uh, it equals no thank you, okay? I'm just fine with where I'm at based on what nature gave me, and I will be sitting this one out. Thank you very much. You don't need that shot. It's in the first word in the sentence. <laughs> but a Texas man, 33-year-old Jordan Tunnell, was excited to learn about the procedure, which basically 
injects a dissolvable gel into your disco stick, and he decided to give it a go. Oh. He told the Daily oh, Mail. No, that hurts oh. just thinking about it. He told the Daily I mean, Mail. What, what are you gonna, are you going to ice it down? Like, how are you going to? Uh, ah. Uh, uh, you're just rapidly Googling how to recover from shooting yourself. <laughs> he said, seeing all the other guys in the football locker room and seeing what they were packing versus what I was packing and knowing that I wasn't on par with the other guys, he said that had him insecure and wanting to up his game. So the filler used in the procedure is FDA approved for the areas of the face like the lips and not for the trouser snake? Okay. Producers or providers rather call it they, they use it off label. That's what they call it. That's off label. Their their phrase, not mine. Whoever wants to inject something called off label yeah. procedure we're yeah, thinking yeah. about. And here's twelve grand. Uh Jordan Tanell was happy with his twelve thousand dollar injection. The needle looks like your Yeti straw. Sidebar, was this in Tijuana at all? Like at any time were they like, We need to leave Tijuana? Oh yeah. If if it's a medical procedure and you've got to go to Tijuana to get it. Think, think, questionable. Think hard. Think Quest really, really hard. Yes. Uh, so Jordan Dinell was happy with the twelve thousand dollar injection. He says that it has quote made his confidence go through the roof. But that was not the story for another Texas man named Paul, who only gives his first name in the story. Thirty nine year old Texas Paul told the reporter, "I knew nothing about the procedure other than what was posted online, but I wanted it so badly." He went on to say, "I shouldn't have paid the money." But it's one of those things. It's just an emotional thing for guys where it's like, if you have that sliver of hope, if it costs me some cash to get something that could potentially be good, I was willing to risk the money. Unfortunately. Uh, you know, I, I want to I point something out, too. Yeah? That it's okay to have a, a much more um, present member. Yeah. You got to have some personality too, buddy. Yeah. Like, remember <laughs> that. a couple of jokes. <laughs> I'm just saying, personality gets you a long way. Well, unfortunately for Texas Paul. I mean, I Paul, don't know that, but. Yeah. 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 <laughs> unfortunately for Texas Paul, who was hoping for a natural girth enhancement that, quote, nobody would ever be able to tell was there, instead ended up with, and I'm quoting here, a big, squishy, lumpy disaster. In quote. Oh, God. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and I say. Mean, it got bigger. Uh, I'm going I'm to go out on a limb here and say that I think most men would not be pleased to have to describe their Wiener Schnitzel as anything resembling a big, squishy, lumpy disaster. Now it looks Just like a spatchcock chicken. Paul told the Daily Mail, it basically looked like I had a pencil on either side of my one-eyed willy worm. That, that, that's, not, that was a good one. that's not what he called it, but for legal reasons, we're going to go with that. Uh, and he said it looked like they had just inserted this big, long, straight tube of filler. It was so obvious and unnatural looking. It made me very depressed, he said. I was like, what have I done? I've ruined like something. like a garden snake in a hedgehog. I've ruined, <laughs> I've ruined something that I should not have messed with. Fortunately, Texas Paul did some painstaking research, also known as using Google, and he found a company <laughs> called Fallowfill. If only there was oh. a device, a supercomputer that we could hold in our hand. Paul found a company called Fallowfill, which sounds like something I made up, but it is real, and they were able to correct his botched eggplant emoji. Uh, <laughs> so, where does... 
aren't the best drinking news stories always <laughs> about this? Yes. So where does that leave us? I'm a little ashamed to admit, but it's true. I guess the moral of the story is that men should probably just be happy with whatever nature has given us. Of course, that's easy for me to say, but I'm sure. <laughs> but even if you're feeling like you were last in line when they handed out the ding-dong dimensions and that porn star John Holmes was ahead of you and took more than his fair share, there are a few phrases that you can tell yourself that might make you feel better. Things like, size doesn't matter. Or, it's not the size of the wand, it's how you wave it. Or even, stand back, I don't know how big this thing gets. It reminds me of my favorite story about baldness that goes something like this. When we're born, each of us are given just so many hormones. If you want to use yours to grow hair, that's your business. I think we've gotten off track here, and I apologize. <laughs> Reporting live from Texas, where I'll just use the words of the great poet Sir Mixalot and describe my Excalibur, that's another name that I use, as an anaconda. My name is Cruz, and that is your Drinking News, Drinking News. That's our time for Drinking News. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> Do you remember that classic line, right? My anaconda don't, don't want, want none them. unless you got oh, buns yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Sir, Sir Mix-a-Lot. You didn't use purple-headed love monkey. I did not. No. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was that was an elongated if, story, if I, my friend. I, <laughs> yours is purple too. <laughs> if I'd been able to go a little a little longer with the story, we might have had uh, we might have had a chance to use it. But I like that love monkey. That's good. That comes from uh, Jim Pruitt. Uh, uh, that's right. I remember that. I do remember that now. Um, so I, I will say, uh, you know, I, I referenced the, the great poets or mix a lot. I will also say that when I was putting the notes together for today's show and I was, you know, writing down that we were having Michael from Cavassier here, uh, that all that was happening in my brain was the Pharrell song, Pass the Cavassier. And and the crazy thing is, that's the only line I know from the song. And so it like, just went over and over and, and over. And that's like half the name of our <laughs> drinks on menus at restaurants. <laughs> so, so are there other uh, famous Cavassier uh, songs, or is that is that your one big shout-out? That's out, the or? big shout-out of hip-hop songs. Most mm -hmm. famously, Tim Meadows, obviously. If yeah, you know yeah, about the ladies' yeah. man character, the mm -hmm. SNL character had a yeah, great time. Yeah, that was great. That's uh, how it, he ended the show every time. Every time, yeah. and, He'd say it's a half bottle of Glossier left and I got to move on. And so uh, also it's in uh, every movie in The Godfather and almost every classic Hollywood movie. You'll, if you just take a look, you'll, you'll see it quite a bit as well. I mean, just like Kalu has been in every movie, Cavassi has been in every yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Uh, the dude wasn't necessarily, you know, sipping Cavassier. But uh, no, no. But, but he would have if he could have afforded it, I think. But you you'll know? see Michael Colleone in Godfather 2 yeah, drink a lot of it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, mm -hmm. Again, it's 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 uh, it's fancy. Even that Napoleon movie coming out with Joaquin Phoenix in November, he's going to be drinking a lot of Cavassi. No kidding, really? Yeah, yeah uh, that that looks really interesting. Uh, spoiler alert: he yeah, drinks spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, So, so yeah, so that looks interesting. The other one that looks interesting is the Oppenheimer thing. Have you have you uh, no uh, seen? Oh yeah, it's so it's uh, it's a uh, uh, what's his name that did Inception? I can't think of uh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Uh, it's this is his. His movie about the guy that invented basically the formula that led to the atomic bomb. Right, right. And, and it's like it's supposed to be really good, but I have. Speaking seen of it. atomic bombs, you have a barley wine over there. I don't sure you? do. Should I uh, should I pull that out of the uh, bag <laughs> I mean, here? In I the mean, time? 
Does a bear um, <clears throat> scratch his bottom in the woods? Is a bear Catholic? Does the book? Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little dyslexic. Sometimes is a bear Catholic in the woods. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get sometimes I get things mixed up. Uh, you do have a bottle opener, I hope. Ah, very good. I got uh, the fancy one. So oh, this gosh. is uh, from uh, from our friends at Gigantic Brewing Company. It's a barley wine, a barrel aged barley wine, and the name of it is Massive. Massive. That is the name of the barley wine. I love that. And that would have been a better sound effect. We do all of our sound effects like live in the mm -hmm. studio here for the we show. We sacrifice a beer every time we do <laughs> a beer right. opening sound effect. And that, that one would have been better, except there's a little bit of the, the paper banner over the bottle cap. So it, it made it not bounce as with as much joy and, and uh Which is and, much and sound. gusto. Yeah. I, now what we don't know about I think this you did it with Joie de Vie. Well, <laughs> I love it. What we don't know about this barley wine until we taste it is, is it... Um, is it, it as massive as it is from well, Gigantic and so it's called Massive? Ian is really picky about his barley wines because he doesn't really prefer the American-style barley wine. Yeah, American-style barley wines. It's like... It has more uh, it has more uh, of fizz to it. Yeah, it's, it's like you know, having a beautiful, like amazing silky smooth chocolate mousse and someone sticks a pickle in the middle of it that's what an american right barley wine is like wow you know i mean i actually have another phrase that i use instead of pickle but yeah. i figured but for, i used most of those up yes, in the drinking used up news, all so. of them. <laughs> i got you i got you so uh so first uh, we of all, were massive each year with just oh, one malt and then um oh my goodness boil it for over eight hours create a barley wine with deep ruby color rich malt flavor this year we chose uh, we chose um, Skagit Pilot malt, and then aged the beer and select rum, rye, and Highland Scotch, Islay Scotch, and um, Ian, Islay, uh, and uh, Irish whiskey barrels. The sticker on the crown identifies the barrels in which Massive was aged. Ian, I was doing research while you were reading from the bottle. This smells amazing. Wow. Prepare yourself, my friend. And this smells dark, grapey, and and whiskey and woody. Prepare this is an atomic yourself. bomb of chocolate malt. That's one. Yeah, prepare yourself for date chocolate. I love you, massive. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had a number of their barrel aged spirits before. I think this is the oh, first oh, barley the one. Aftertaste keeps going. Yes, I just know. Like but rich, like I, like burnt caramel. Like I think this is the first barley on. wine we've had from them. Though we've had a, a number of stouts. From these guys. This In fact, they did a whole uh, series so of stouts, good. but this is uh, something something altogether different, and it is wonderful. And it's coming in at a gentle kiss of about 14.3%. Which explains why it's about a $35 mm -hmm. bottle. Uh, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say they did nail the ABV. Yeah, they totally did. So good. <laughs> well, and, uh, and it leaves this great roasty kind of... Um, a kiss of coffee maltiness mm -hmm. in your mouth. And and you mentioned the ABV. They did totally nail it because it is boozy, but it doesn't feel like it's being boozy for booze's sake. No, it's you know boozy what I mean? in the right way that when your bartender mixes your drink just right. Yes. You and know that just there's the booze right in there, amount but of you spirits. don't. Mm -hmm. It's not the predominant flavor, you know? And I'll just say this to you. If you are making margaritas and you are using a recipe, do what I do and improve your margaritas. Invert the amount of tequila to the amount of the Instead other of stuff. Instead of two to one, it's one yeah. to two. Yeah, no, you, much more tequila. That's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I meant. yeah, 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 and that will make your margaritas much better. 
because the ones where you go like to a restaurant or or a bar that does great margaritas, there's always more tequila in those than in the, you know, than in the uh, or in as the, the Spanish would say, mas tequila. Mas tequila. <laughs> I think even Sammy Hagar says that. As a matter of fact. So, <laughs> all right, I think we got to take a break here. We are uh, uh, we, we want to say because I know you may have to leave after this segment. So, Michael, thank you so much for being here and for sharing these uh, wonderful spirits that with was us awesome. from Cavassier. We will never be the same. I can tell you that. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share with you guys. It was a, a fantastic time. You two are just wonderful. And we will, yeah. by the way, uh, uh, be looking forward to having you back because you've definitely earned a uh, uh, an anytime you want to come on the show spot with us here. I would love that. Thank you, guys. Right. I'll awesome. bring more more unique artifacts. And Smoke and toast, and we'll be back to wrap it all up after this. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. We want to say thanks to our guest who uh, had to leave, but uh, but got he's, to got a, he's got a very tight schedule today. He's yeah, trying to get right. all of his stuff in. That in two is days. the life of a brand ambassador, yeah. Michael uh, Fawther, who you may notice um, did not participate in our day drinking. Uh, uh, you know, he he allowed us to do the sampling, but he was uh, he he sampled like, he sampled the beers, the That's beers, true. just he did the, the, the most beers. gentle yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. bit of beers. Uh, and obviously, he's got a full day coming ahead. But no, he did not. He did not sample his cognac. I guess actually. I guess he has to pace himself. And I, and I, <laughs> yeah. I totally, uh, totally, totally and understand holy that. Holy Toledo, that is some amazing cognac. Uh, uh, unbelievably good. In fact, when I decided to title the show "Getting Fancy with Cavassier," to be honest, I had no idea. You know, I had no idea how fancy it was going to get. So that was uh, that was a thing. And we certainly did uh, in- enjoy it. Well, I am incredibly honored just to get to uh, just get to even try like some of those at that level. I mean, a five thousand dollar bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, say what you will about it, but we got to try it. And that's its own little bit. And and awesomeness. so this is, and this is what I would say to you. Sometimes there are events and stuff that you can buy tickets to for maybe $100 or $200 yeah. where you might get a little taste of something like that. I mean, there are some whiskeys available at uh, uh the Whiskey Social, for example, that our buddy Chris Hart does mm-hmm. that are like they're they're whiskeys you would never be able to go and find and taste. But well, you can't and it find is them totally and, worth and some of them are yeah. outside the, the the most people's affordability. Absolutely, but it's totally worth the price of that ticket to Ooh, get to Speaking actually of which, taste you know, it's things. getting closer to uh to uh, whiskey social time. We do you do months. you remember, by the way, the very first uh, whiskey sniff that we did, where we got to taste that thirty-one year Balvenie? Oh my gosh, that yes, was unbelievably yes. John Wingo good. John Wingo was there. Yes, it was unbelievably. He was the good. brand ambassador at the These time. Things, that guy was outrageously yeah. fun. These things happen. Well, we are only at show number three hundred and thirty-eight. Folks, we're only halfway to 400, and and we have a lot of taste. I mean, left we may only have a thousand of these shows in us, so mm-hmm. like, yeah. make sure you're listening to each one. Absolutely, and uh, make sure, by the way, if you have the opportunity, that you check out Gigantic Brewing Company's massive barley wine because it is it's S and T approved. Good. It is yeah, so it is good, massively good. And I, I I knew when I got a hold of this, I was like, oh, gonna make my friend. Oh happy no, here. it is unbelievable. Thank you, mm-hmm. my friend. Mm-hmm. 
So, so I would just say to uh, to everyone who's uh, been a part of the show, uh, thank you so much. Thanks to Adam in the cloud who will have to do a little uh, extra editing on this uh, episode, but that's okay. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Duty happens. Cavassier uh, likes to say bad words sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That's and, all right. So I did, like the Cavassier. So did we before we were uh, – you know, before we were broadcasting, our program, by the way, is uh, is smoking and toasting, and we are heard uh, on uh, great uh, radio stations like uh, News Talk KBAR twelve thirty in Burley, Idaho, and News Talk fifteen sixty in Abilene, Texas. Thank awesome. you guys for uh, uh, for being a part of the program. We have more affiliates coming on soon, and we're very excited about that because we're just getting started in this syndicated uh, world, and we're just learning how to not drop the f bomb all the time. That's, <laughs> that's, just, right. that's just how it works. It's just how it works. Um, and for those of you who are. Uh, Regular, shall we say, of smoking and toasting. We appreciate you guys uh, the no most. Regular. The people who've been uh, here and who check us out on YouTube and and who uh, enjoy the program with us. And I was just thinking about you know today. I was thinking about uh, our our cocktail expert Chris Morris and how he's been like a really good friend of the show and even even did the alternate uh, drinking news intro song that's right for us, which we have to play again uh, every once in a while because that's that's just too, it's a little long but it's totally worth it you know no no it's, it's awesome like uh just the fact that he did he's like i'm gonna do a drink in this song I was like yeah let's do it <laughs> so when i brought it in it was like that was amazing we do take your emails the address is st at rfc media ST at rfcmedia.com. And we do take your emails. We will answer your email questions, whether they be about spirits or cigars or, or craft beers or, you know, relationship advice, any anything you want. At, you can ask us anything. Yes. Uh, and remember, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube or just have us on audio, put us on in the background. Lower yeah. the lights a little bit. Absolutely. It makes the mood. It, 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 it uh, it's especially does when we're drinking $5,000 Carrossier. Oh, uh, I'm telling you. I was... Uh, yeah, I'm not mm -hmm. going to wash my lips for a little while. So I would just uh, mention, by the way, that we have uh, some emails that are piling up, so we'll uh, try to get to some of those on uh, next week's show. And uh, you can send yours as well, st at rfcmedia.com. Ian, my friend, this has been a fun journey with you for 338 uh, episodes. That includes the infamous Lost episode, by the way. Uh, but I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you uh, uh, doing this with me, and you know, finally today we got to a five thousand uh, dollar beverage, and that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. We'll see you guys. Is, next is one week. of y'all going to say the Cavassier thing, where I can tell by this bottle of Cavassier that it's time for the show to end? I think so. <laughs> I, I think so. And I'll also say, as Pharrell did so brilliantly, pass the Cavassier. Pass the Cavassier. <laughs> pass the Cavassier. Have a great week, my friends. We'll see you next time, and uh, until we meet again and drink together. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah!